Downloads of this show are available on Podomatic.com and the Podomatic mobile app. This is Mondo Jazz on Radio Free Brooklyn. Something else from somewhere else. Welcome to Mondo Jazz. This is uh, the Radio Free Brooklyn weekly program uh, dedicated to international jazz, which, uh, as usual, comes after another great episode of Jerry Curl Chronicles, this time with uh, Gaston Salan. We started off uh, with the French singer Camille Berthaud and uh, Casa de Jada, her take on Wayne Shorter's uh, standard House of Jade. 
which uh, she interpreted with a Brazilian arrangement as uh, she's very influenced by Brazilian music. And she does play quite often in Brazil. Camille Puerto is the French jazz sensation of the moment, reaching out to an audience that goes beyond the usual jazz aficionados. And uh, Casa de Jada is on her very successful CD that came out just a few months ago on the Sony label entitled Pas de Géant. Camille Berthaud will be playing uh, this Sunday in New York, the 17th of June at 5 p.m. This is going to be at the gorgeous uh, Rizzoli bookstore on Broadway between 25th and 26th streets. And to stick to the Brazilian theme, her performance on Sunday will be the world premiere of a duo with a rising star of Brazilian jazz, guitarist Chico Pinheiro. This looks like a concert not to be missed. And did I mention that the concert series at the historic Rizzoli bookstore is going to be curated by Mondo Jazz? Well, the idea of turning a bookstore into a place where live jazz can be enjoyed was quite tempting, and the New Yorker Rizzoli bookstore's uh, gorgeous space seemed to be the perfect location for such an experiment, since uh, Rizzoli has a long tradition of building bridges between uh, scenes, genres, and circles, and therefore we cannot resist this temptation. The Rizzoli Music Aperitivo, that's the name of the series, will be curated by Mondo Jazz, and it will be a series of live performances which will try to spotlight and possibly spark uh, cross-pollination between music, literature, and poetry. But uh, let's now shift to another amazing European musician which is about to play in New York. And tonight we have a very exciting playlist for you which will be gravitating around his music. If you're intrigued by jazz because of its capacity to surprise, amaze you, or astound you, or even flabbergast you and leave you without words, well, then British pianist Django Bates is the musician for you. He'll be performing at the Jazz Standard in New York on the 19th and the 20th of June with his trio Beloved featuring Swedish bassist uh, Peter Eld and Danish drummer Peter Brun. The musicians uh, will be the same uh, that are featured on the recent ECM release entitled The Study of Touch. Django Bates uh, is a very exciting musician because one moment is taking you on a roller coaster ride, uh, pushing you to exhilarating heights, uh, just to suddenly catch you by surprise with an unexpected turn, just before going down a breakneck descent uh, to the next musical surprise. The next moment is giving you goosebumps with the most delicate melody you've ever heard. And the power he wields with this uh, you know, music uh, is quite scary at times. It is so powerful. One of the main drivers uh, behind the choice of becoming a music radio host, I think, for most DJs is the desire to share the music one loves. It's a bit like making tapes for friends you've not met yet. And uh, you hope that the music that you love will also bring as much joy to the people who discovers it through you. So for me, one of those musicians that I've loved since the first note I heard and makes me want to host a radio show is Django Bates. So in the next couple of hours, I'll try to give you a taste of the wide range uh, that uh, his music has. And we've also reached out to Django Bates in Switzerland and been trying to identify more information about how he conceives uh, his uh, music, how creates, how he writes, and where do all the ideas come from. So we're going to have a number of uh, excerpts from uh, his uh, interview and we'll put it together with uh, music from uh, different moments in his uh, musical evolution. When I'm writing music, I imagine myself to be in the audience. I'm writing with myself as a listener. And so things like the structure of a piece are very much based on what I would like to experience next if I was at a concert. Sometimes that has been that I would like to experience a surprise or an unexpected solution to where we are in the music. Um, not always the same easy cushioning for the audience. And sometimes the opposite. Sometimes I like to, to just give a f five and a half minutes of pleasurable experience uh, that doesn't suddenly 
throw you off a cliff at the end, but just takes you the whole way through in peace. So yeah, I'm still, each time I write a piece, I'm, it feels like a new experience of me in the audience listening to myself.
pretty putting today's uh, show of uh, Mondo Jazz to the music of Django Bates, who will be performing next Tuesday and Wednesday, uh, the 19th and the 20th of June, at the Jazz Standard. We started off uh, with an excerpt uh, from uh, an interview that uh, Django Bates gave to Mondo Jazz, where he described how he approaches uh, composing as if he was a listener, one moment trying to create surprise, and the next moment looking for something comforting and beautiful. And to illustrate that point, which was two compositions uh, which appear back-to-back on his 1993 album uh, Summer Fruits and Unrest, which came out on the seminal record label JMT, which did exactly that. Those were Discovering Metal and then another composition entitled Little Patrick, uh, one maximalistic and mesmerizing and the other one delicate and uh, reassuring. They also featured uh, these tunes, two of his uh, historic projects, uh, the large ensemble Delightful Precipice and his quartet Human Chain. In many respects, uh, Delightful Precipice uh, was the evolution or the direct uh, or indirect derivation of another very influential and irreverent uh, large ensemble in which Django Bates played a central role, the London-based Loose Tubes, which were active between 1984 and 1990. Members of uh, Loose Tubes first started playing together in a, in a workshop held by uh, British jazz composer and educator Graham Collier in uh, 1983, and soon evolved into a band that uh, was destined to change the London jazz scene forever, bringing that scene uh, freshness and originality that in many ways seems to be renewed in uh, today's very vibrant London jazz scene, which is going through another cycle of unbound creativity. Loose tubes uh, could afford shaking things up back in the day thanks to an incredible number of very strong uh, musical personalities which, uh, after the ensemble disbanded, uh, went on to very successful solo careers. Django Bates, of course, but also Ian Bellamy, the brothers Julian and Steve Arguelles, Ken Stubbs, Mark Lockhart, Martin Franz, Ashley Slater. So that was really like an all-star lineup. The turning point in uh, Loose Tubes uh, came uh, somewhere in the mid-80s when the historic London Jazz Club, uh, Ronnie Scott's, uh, gave them a chance. I do think that when Loose Tubes came along, we were embraced by Ronnie Scott and invited to play at the club. And we played there for a week. And that early week for us was a very big turning point because we kind of couldn't be ignored by journalists and public and musicians. And it's funny to think that Ronnie Scott had started that club as a celebration or a place to play for American jazz. And we went in there. I don't think we played a single bar of swing in the whole week because it's just was a kind of unwritten understanding that much as we loved American jazz, we weren't going to refer to it in that band because it didn't really feel that it particularly belonged to us. And we didn't feel the need to try and match it and replicate it. This idea of playing in a way that doesn't get too stuck with paying homage to your previous generations, um, it's just the same as authors who say, You should write about what you know, play about what you know, or write music that's kind of coming from the things that you know and have experienced in life. The Ronnie Scott generation, they were really steeped in that tradition. And then we came along with no feeling that we owed anything to the tradition. Um, As young people can be, quite uh, (laughs) overconfident. And and I think that's something that you could trace through to the, the young scene now in England and London.
Mondo Jazz on Radio Free Brooklyn and as we're focusing on the music of Django Bates who will be in New York at the Jazz Standard on the 19th and 20th of June with his uh, trio Beloved we started the set with an interview where Django Bates uh, was describing uh, his experience with loose tubes it was a good connection in a way with past episodes uh, of Mondo Jazz where we focused on the music of uh, South African musicians including those who moved to London to escape apartheid 
members of the Blue Notes, for instance, like uh, Dudu Pukwana, for whom Django Bates uh, has a deep admiration and with whom he played earlier in his career. Uh, Lustubes often showcased the reference to, for those musicians, but also had a personality of its own with uh, distinctive compositions, softened by Django Bates, intricate and elegant arrangements, and from uh, Dancing on uh, Frith Street, a live recording from the final engagement of Loose Tubes at London's premier jazz club Ronnie Scott's in September of 1990, we heard uh, a classic uh, Django Bates composition entitled Like Life. That was followed then by Bright Smoke, Cold Fire from the album Arriving, which was in part recorded during the 30th anniversary reunion of Loose Tubes live at Ronnie Scott's in 2015 and featured a smoking solo by saxophonist Steve Buckley another close collaborator of Django Bates. And if one looks at the career of Django Bates, there is a lot of long-lasting uh, uh, collaborations uh, with musicians which are not just uh, other bandmates, but friends. And in the liner notes uh, for Django Bates' uh, trio album Confirmation, avant-garde master Evan Parker writes a very nice story about how the two met Django Bates and Steve Buckley. Both of them were huge fans of Charlie Parker at a very young age, and as a schoolboy, Django Bates apparently would walk around whistling uh, Charlie Parker's saxophone lines, and then one day Steve Buckley, who was walking by, responded by whistling another line by Charlie Parker back at Django Bates. And the beautiful part of this story is that Charlie Parker's nickname was of course Bird, and the way that Django Bates and Steve Buckley met was therefore through bird calls. A few years later, they would be members of Loose Tubes. After Loose Tubes uh, ended its run, Jungle's Bates' uh, kills for large ensemble writing made it quite easy for him to handle a challenging task like blending his quartet Human Chain with the English Contemporary Chamber Orchestra London Sinfonietta from the 1996 album that documented that uh, successful experiment entitled Good Evening, Here is the News, we heard the composition Forms of Escape. In the years that followed Loose Tubes, also Django Bates uh, cultivated very fertile collaborations with other saxophone players that were members of Loose Tubes, in particular Ian Ballamy and Julian Arguelles. And so here, up next, are a few examples of those collaborations, starting with Ian Ballamy and the composition Mode for Bode.
You're listening to Mondo Jazz on Radio Free Brooklyn. Radio Free Brooklyn is a nonprofit organization of self-funding volunteers. Of course, there are considerable costs associated with this operation. And if you like what you hear on Mondo Jazz, why not support Radio Free Brooklyn with the pledge of your choice or getting one of Radio Free Brooklyn's t-shirts, hats, or other cool merch from www.radiofreebrooklyn.com slash donate.
You're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn, and this is uh, Mondo Jazz. You should go every now and then on our website, uh, which is uh, RadioFreeBrooklyn.org, because there is quite a few very cool things uh, you can find there. You can uh, download our apps, both for iPhone and Android, or you can also subscribe to our newsletter, which comes monthly, so you should not be scared of uh, having your inbox flooded by us, but we want to keep you up to date about the very many projects uh, that are going on at this station. We're focusing today's uh, show on uh, the music of Django Bates. Just before we started talking, we heard three compositions. The first two uh, were compositions by Ian Balami, uh, entitled Mode for Bode and Serendipity. And Ian Balami is a British saxophonist uh, that has been uh, a longtime collaborator of uh, Django Bates, both in the uh, large ensemble Loose Tubes, but also in uh, Bill Bruford's Earthworks. And the uh, tunes were from uh, his two albums entitled Balloon Man and uh, Old Man, A Man. Then we heard music from another project uh, led by one of the Loose Tubes uh, main uh, saxophone players and also another longtime collaborator of Django Bates. And this is uh, saxophonist uh, Julian Arguelles. Uh, the music was from his uh, 1997 uh, album uh, Skull View, and we heard the title track from that album. On this particular track, uh, actually on the album, uh, Django Bates does not play the piano, but his other instrument of choice. Uh, in fact, uh, he's known as much uh, perhaps for his uh, peck horn playing as much as uh, for his piano playing, even though piano is the instrument on which he has been focusing in the last years. In our interview with Django Bates, we also asked about that, and uh, well, that's what he had to say. Just the fact that when I first started playing at an early stage, I was trans grabbing Charlie Parker lines and playing them on a trumpet. Actually, it was back then trumpet, but it's the same fingering system as the peck horn. And then in the morning when I would go off on a paper round cycling, I would just practice the fingering and singing bebop phrases as I was cycling around. So just the idea of playing a blowing instrument and doing this kind of special ornamented language is just at the heart of me as a composer or a musical person. It's funny, to, it's funny to have ended up playing so much piano. I mean, I originally stopped playing the piano just because every time I came to a gig, the piano was unplayable. So I thought I, sh I should get into keyboards. But gradually it became possible to play on good pianos. And then I was seduced back by this incredible invention, the piano. Thank you. 
And there was more music by Django Bates, which is the focus of our show today at Mondo Jazz on Radio Free Brooklyn. This time, with the set, we focused on his uh, piano playing. We started off uh, with two compositions from his 1994 piano solo album entitled Autumn Fire and Green Shoots, which also came out on the German label JMT. The two tunes were uh, Ralph Strip and Is There Anyone Up There? We then moved to his current project, the trio Beloved, featuring two exquisite uh, Scandinavian musicians, Swedish bassist uh, Peter Eld and Danish drummer Peter Brun, with whom he will be performing in New York at the Jazz Standard on the 19th and the 20th of June. Uh, during these concerts, uh, they will be showcasing the music uh, from the Study of Touch, which is a CD that uh, came out on the ECM label and marked the return of uh, Django Bates to this label. Uh, even though this is actually the very first time that he played as a leader for the label of Manfred Eicher. The collaboration uh, between the musicians of this trio, however, goes back uh, several years. And the last track that we just heard uh, comes from their previous uh, release, Confirmation, which came out on uh, Lost Marble, Django Bates' own uh, label. From that CD we heard the title track, which is a composition by Django Bates' childhood hero, Charlie Parker. The first CDs of uh, the beloved trio focused heavily on the music of Charlie Parker before moving towards original compositions uh, by Django Bates over time. And that's what actually is on the ECM CD and what is going to be performed at Jazz Standard. We also understand from the interview with Django Bates that there will be some uh, unreleased music, uh, one more reason to be there. Comparing the CD's confirmation and the study of touch, which came uh, five years apart, uh, is a very fascinating process. They both feature the same band and have a very similar track list, and yet the music sounds so different, showing how much this trio has continued uh, developing. The members of the trio have known each other over a decade now, and uh, in his interview, Django describes how a chance encounter with them led him to rethink about uh, his... Uh, idea of never ever leading a piano trio. After his interview, we'll then listen to two tracks from uh, The Study of Touch, followed by other excerpts of the interview in which uh, uh, Django Bates talks about other collaborations that he has been involved with at the ECM label, especially the recent one with the Tunisian oud player Anwar Brahem, and earlier on with the Norwegian singer Sitzel Andersen. I was wandering through the corridors of that school, having promised myself many times never to have a piano trio and then I just walked past a room where Peter was playing bass and Peter was playing drums within a larger ensemble and I just thought wow the kind of intensity and power and and yet quiet actual volume that they're using would be perfect to play with as a piano player because they wouldn't kind of destroy the sound of the piano and at that point I took a step back and, and took another listen and thought I might have to change my mind about trios it was an accident, but I really wanted to play with this bass player and this drummer, Petter Eld and Peter Brun. So I said, look, let's just have the first rehearsal. I'll think about material later. So we had a lot of fun playing without music, and we might just say, let's just play as quietly as possible for as long as we can sustain the interest, or let's play as fast and loud as possible as long as we can sustain that energy, physical energy. And then, you know, a year after that process... Uh, I just got a call from somebody saying, would you come and be part of an evening celebrating the life and music of Charlie Parker? My answer to the phone call was yes, immediately, because Charlie Parker was my first childhood hero. That came from growing up with his music and then reading the book Bird Lives, 
reading that and being kind of sucked into the romantic story and the excitement of having a hero when all my school friends were exchanging football cards of football players with bad haircuts i was uh, at home mesmerized by charlie parker and making a little plasticine model of him that i could pretty much worship <laughs> and i thought well i've only got one band that's the trio let me quickly arrange a couple of things for that band and so i did and it was even more fun than i would have imagined all of that charlie parker project the first album that we did and then the kind of trickle of other pieces into the concerts that we still do it all sprung from that accidental phone call to be honest having done two albums with the trio on lost marble i thought yeah what's the next step with this and it came about through a chance meeting with manfred that ended up after about 10 minutes of chatting with him saying ah so you're ready to make a trio record then and then me hearing myself saying yes and then off we go into new possibilities writing some new music for that project which i did i, I guess showing the trio to manfred in a studio and documenting the event in a way to me it felt like a concert like we put on a concert for manfred he's a very active listener everything you know that he's listened to in the past brings a different meaning to the recording process a sense of uh, purpose to it and another set of ears and musical thoughts and experience so yeah that was the the trio recording the study of touch
I got a call from Manfred saying I've just you know played quite a few piano players to Anwar. We've been talking about his next project, and um, he's interested in playing with you. Yeah, that was a complete surprise. So suddenly meeting Anwar just as a, the two of us first of all, and trying things out to see if the piano and the oud could find a pitch understanding in a way, because they're very different languages, musical languages they have. I had to find parts of the piano that didn't interfere with the oud and find ways to not just be in his mode, but introduce other modes without contradicting what he was playing. It was a really interesting process. And then a few weeks after that, finding myself in a studio with Jack DeJohnette and Dave Holland in New York, kind of discovering the music together was all very exciting. I've not been busy playing other people's music for quite a few years because I found I only had a limited amount of possibilities in terms of time and what I could put into a project to really make it a, the best, most rewarding experience for everybody. felt like the right time to, to actually go and play with someone else and experience some very different musicians from the ones that I play with normally.
my first meaningful trip to Scandinavia was that I got a call from Sidsel Anderson, the singer, and I didn't really know what it was that I was going there to do. All I knew was that she'd left a message on my answer machine and the voice and the way of speaking was so peaceful and beautiful that I thought, I have to do this. When I got there, I found I was playing with Jan Christensen on the drums and Nils Petter Molva on the trumpet and Sidsel. They played so quietly in the rehearsals and they would start quiet and get even quieter. And I was thinking, this is never going to work in a public space. <laughs> you know, you'll never hear it. And then we did the first gig and the quieter we got, the quieter the audience got. And we just kind of created this incredibly intense quietness and peace that taught me a huge amount. And I worked with that band for a few years. And I think that was my introduction to Norway and Scandinavia and the possibilities and the different kind of approach to music that they have to jazz rather or improvised music. So I write about the world and only compose to say
You're listening to Mondo Jazz on Radio Free Brooklyn, focusing today on the music of uh, British piano player Django Bates. In this uh, long set, uh, we've heard uh, music uh, from various projects that over the years Django Bates has published on the German label ECM Records. We started off uh, with two tracks uh, from the trio called Beloved. Uh, from the CD entitled The Study of Touch, we played uh, Sense of Bitterness and We're Not Lost, uh, We're Simply Finding Our Way a great title. Uh, right after that, we heard an uh, excerpt uh, from our interview with uh, Django Bates, uh, uh, where he describes uh, his uh, co- new collaboration with uh, Anwar Brahem, the Tunisian oud player. And from the CD entitled Blue Macams, also on the ECM label, uh, we heard a composition entitled La Passante. From there, we moved on to another part of the interview where Django Bates uh, chronicled uh, his earlier collaboration uh, also for the ECM label with the Norwegian singer Sitzel Andersen, and from the album So I Write uh, by Sitzel Andersen, we heard the title track, which was then followed by the music of the collaborative quartet First House, co-led by Django Bates, with uh, saxophonist uh, Ken Stubbs, uh, bassist Mick Hutton, and drummer Martin France. There was the first project that Bates had on the ECM label, and from a CD entitled Cantilena we heard J.T., we are rapidly approaching the end of this show, but we could not speak of Django Bates uh, without at least briefly dwelling on the playfulness and uh, sense of humor that can be found in many of his compositions. Humor can be tricky music, often it backfires on the musicians that might adopt it as just another nuance in their wide palette, just to then be pigeonholed by audiences and critics in certain expectations that divert the attention from the full range of their, of their artistry. In the case of Django Bates, this playful trait is just one of the many uh, sides of a multifaceted artist, and it can range from the subtle to the witty to the bombastic, as the next two pieces will try to show. So up next is Interval Song, from the album entitled You Live and Learn, Apparently, and will then be followed by another piece written for the Loose Tubes, Accepting Sweets from Strangers, where sweet is spelled S-U-I-T-E-S. Pretty clever.
And now we're really getting close to the end of today's episode of Mondo Jazz. We almost entirely focused our show on the music of Django Bates because uh, there is a very rare performance of Django Bates coming up. It will be on the 19th and the 20th of June at Jazz Standard, two sets per night, 7.30 and 9.30. And this is going to be with the beloved trio featuring Peter Eld and Peter Brune. We, however, have one more track for you, and uh, this time is to underscore that the contribution of uh, Django Bates to the creative music scene is not only directly as a musician, but more and more also as an educator that has been instilling his uh, fearlessness in a growing number of talented musicians, especially in North Europe, where he's been teaching for years. Uh, Looking online at the upcoming concerts in New York using the calendar of events on jazznearyou.com, which is my new favorite tool to keep track of the amazing uh, concerts going on in New York, but is available for every city, I discovered that one of the best uh, disciples of Django Bates will actually be playing in New York the day after Django Bates' uh, second gig at the Jazz Standard. This is uh, Marius Nesset playing at Rockwood Musical on Thursday, the 21st of June. And so, what a perfect way to end this show. The last track for tonight is going to be the real YSJ from uh, Marius Nesset's album uh, The Golden Explosion on the Editions record. A really groovy track, which uh, he has recorded uh, by himself, overdubbing his saxophone multiple times. It's hard to believe and you can imagine how Marius Nesset will sound live uh, with a kick-ass band featuring some of the best uh, European musicians like uh, pianist Ivo uh, Neem, Jim Hart on vibes and marimba, Michael Janisch on bass and Anton Egger on drums. Today's episode uh, will be archived uh, with all past episodes of Mondo Jazz on Mixcloud, Podomatic.com and iTunes. And also our archive shows are featured on AllAboutJazz.com, the greatest online jazz source. Bassist and composer Ben Allison wrote and performed a theme featuring Ted Nash on flute and Payang Threadgill on voice. We're winding down for this week's Mondo Jazz on Radio Free Brooklyn. If you like the show, please stay tuned and continue listening. Up next is Rob Richards' Bushwick Garage, which is another amazing show. Before closing, here it is, The Real YSJ by Marius Nesset. Thank you and good night. Thank you.